That's 162 games of the baseball season, and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred, Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. As you can tell, this is, I, I'm pretty upbeat about this episode and I'm upbeat for two reasons. Really, the NFL draft is coming, so it gives me hope for the Giants. And two, the Bulls won a game and they're, they didn't get swept by the Bucks. I know that's already happened, but I'm still happy about that. Um, but with those, they had me hopeful. Um you know this after Chris Middleton got hurt and is out for the rest of the season, but there's yeah. no hope anymore. Like we on our home floor, we lost by 30 points, greatest loss by the bulls in the playoffs in NBA history. And then lost by 24 points on our own point on our own floor. You might say that's embarrassing. You might, but this is the defending chance we're talking about. Grayson Allen put up over 20 points in both games. Um, that is what hurts me the most because he took Alex Caruso out for a couple months earlier in the season. Um, Caruso in game four, though, was out with a concussion um, after the first quarter, after start of the second quarter, he got, got caught an elbow um, and was knocked out of the game, an inadvertent elbow. Um, he's been the life and soul of this team. I know DeRozan and Levine are great players, have great seasons. Um, Vucevic is terrible. Please trade him. Hey, um, I like Vuce. Yeah, you like Vuce? You can have him. We'll give him I'll to take you for Aaron Gordon. Jokic How about that? Vooch. Basically, yeah. like, it once – well, you know what? I take that back. Boogie has been awesome. So, yes. I'm good at Boogie and Yoke. Um, so for those of you listening, I've started, I already went on a tangent, but we're going to start with the NBA here. We're going to cycle in, touch on the NFL with the draft coming up this Thursday. And then we're going to finish with our, our tried and true with, uh, with the MLB, um, and some of the action that's happened over the weekend. Um, so without further ado, the, the, I know we've already started, but what I really wanted to start with today is not the Bulls, and it's not my teams. It's 
It's with Minnesota. Okay. You might, Oh, this oh. is a great story. Tie tie series tied series with, with the Grizzlies um, and some of the smack talk going on between Cat and John Morant. You love to see that. But the real story here is I, I just want to shed some light on this. Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, um, he's had some protesters going after him after he recently had to put down some chickens at his egg farm due to a bird flu outbreak. Um, if you remember this story, this has been going on for a couple weeks now. The first woman put Elmer's glue on her hands and laid on the floor, Minnesota's floor, for the playing game versus the Clippers. They won. Now, I, I'm not talking about the protest. I don't really know many of the details of the protest here other than what I just said with bird flu and he runs a chicken farm. I guess I, I don't know if there's any wrong. Do I don't know the, the back. Last, obviously they're I mean protesting. they got the flu yeah they got the flu um so I I to me on the surface I don't see anything wrong with that but maybe the treatment of them was poor or something like that but now it's of the three protesters the second protest was in Memphis for game one uh a lady chained herself to the <laughs> tried to chain herself to the uh the post of that's awesome of the basket and then here in game four, uh, there was extra court security. So there was a lady trying to run onto the court and they, they got her right away. Um, so this is the third protester in all three of those games of this playoffs. The Timberwolves have won. I, I know for the, for the pause, this is what I'm getting at here. Timberwolves have won when a protester has been protesting um Glenn Taylor um it's because they agree with the protest they're 0-2 without right. I, I think I think they're with it. On, yeah I think from here on out somebody has to storm the court in yeah. protest even if they don't get care at all about the protest maybe this third person I didn't hope. even care at all maybe yeah. they're just like this is so with superstitions and sports fans Maybe they see there's a direct correlation here, and that's a way for the Timberwolves to win the series. Yeah. I really hope, like, (laughs) that the next person to protest is just a Minnesota super fan, and it's just very clear that they just don't care about the actual protest, and they're just doing it so that they think their team can win. Yes. (laughs) I I would not put that past a fan. If yeah. I I wouldn't put that past me. Like, you know, get thrown out, like get banned from the arena. Yeah, that's a steep punishment, and you're paying a lot of money to sit that close to the court. Yeah, but as well. if like, you're like, but then you're winning the fourth game of the series. So like, yes, you say that you're yes. Not if you honestly believe, Russell, if you're that superstitious, you can say that, and you you believe that you're the reason for them winning the series, then. By all means, go for it. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm willing to make that hot take that every one of the protesters has been a bigger piece in the game than Carl Anthony Towns. Every single. Game. Well, every single let's game. not let's not put Carl Anthony down Towns down too bad. This past game, Carl, Towns showed up. He went for 33 and 14 after his, his abysmal showing in Game Three. He responded. He had a bad playing game. He's had a bad start to this series in his first playoff appearance. 
And people were saying he just doesn't show up. So this was a big answer for him and his legacy for not being known as a player that just fades in the playoffs. Like, uh, you know, (laughs) you get a you get a reputation like like there's nothing that they say all the time, like first impressions are huge. He's making his first impression in the playoffs right now. Um, He he, shouldn't have taken that long to be in the playoffs. Yes, but if if he does that the next couple games in this series, um, this team's going to win because that's where the difference really is, is is down low. Um, Jaron Jackson only goes for seven points. Brandon Clark's been playing well, but the Grizzlies are starting Xavier Tillman now. They've been Steven Adams. Um, These guys – down low, if Cat Cat should be able to go off on the likes of Tillman and an undersized Clark and Jackson, who's been shaky this year. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. JJJ, but he, I mean, he hasn't been great in this series, and it's been all Desmond Bain. Um, Dylan Brooks has been solid, and Tyus Jones off the bench, but John Morant has been super inefficient. Um, that's Probably a hat off to, to Pat Bev and company. Um, Anthony Ed- Edwards as a rookie is at, uh, this is the first time Carl Anthony Towns has been to playoffs in eight years. There's reasons for that. The teams around him, but he's had guys like Zach Levine and Wiggins there and they weren't able to figure it out as young ends. Maybe they were too young, but they okay. Pat Beverly is really their only veteran on this, on this, regular rotation so him we'll being flat out oh sorry you good yeah him being able to to change this timberwolves team has been labeled as soft for the past couple of years that's since the days jimmy butler was there and he went after cat and wiggins and said you guys are soft you don't bring it to practice this team has been labeled as soft and Pat Beverly is the perfect guy that they needed for this team to compete in the playoffs. Cause this Grizzlies team is not soft. They play hard defense. I think the Grizzlies are still going to win this series. I think there's a game, this game five, I think Jaws going to go off. He's due Jaws due to, to hit a couple of shots in a row. And I think the Grizzlies take this series, but yeah, take it away. Beal. We spent a lot of time here on this one series and there's a lot of other series out there that we can talk about, but yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I will say flat out, I mean, what it kind of comes down to, and like you touched on the Grizzlies defense, and yes, they're extremely good, but when you have guys like Patrick Beverly, like you just – that's the exact type of player that you want to be able to put on Ja. Um, and when it comes down to it, the Grizzlies don't have the right players to guard the best players on the T-Wolves. Like – the uh, I mean, two of the biggest scorers are D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards, but I think what makes them so unique is uh, their abilities to do different things in the guard position. Um, and the Grizzlies can't stop that as well as guard the paint against Cat because they just don't have enough manpower to do that. And, uh, and when it comes down to it, I mean um, – why am I blanking on who's their center? Isn't it Valanciunas or is it Steven Adams? The Grizzlies? No, yeah. Val- Valanciunas on the Pelicans now. They traded. Right. They they have, Isn't it have Steven? Um, Steven, but they benched him for Xavier yeah. Tillman. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Steven Adams was starting to get a little bit exposed by Cat. Not by his fault. I mean, Steven's a great interior defender, but when you're playing a guy who is skilled like Cat is and yeah, able to dribble stretch the, ball the floor and stretch the floor, yeah. yeah. Um, you can't really stick a traditional center on him, uh, which is what Steven Adams is. And so that's kind of their defensive uh, lack, I guess. Um, and I don't really feel like the T-Wolves have that. Um, but as we get further into the series, I do think – I agree with you. I think Jaw's going to wear out um, the defensive guards. Um, you said that Patrick Beverly helped the soft culture a little bit. In, in a way, I, I think he has. But in a way, I also think that Patrick Beverly, I mean, he might be the cockiest guy out there. And in the beginning of series, that's awesome for your team. I think it gets you off to a hot start. It gets everyone – kind of think in the same wavelength but late in series is kind of when that type of attitude tends to blow up like it did in the nugget series uh patrick beverly was already calling Jokic a flailer after five games and uh or after four games and um you know marcus morris got into that bandwagon too just roasting the nuggets and calling them soft and kind of like giving up and and that's when the nuggets came back from three one and so I, I do think that Patrick Beverly adds a different dynamic to their defense, but I don't know if he's the greatest guy to rely on defensively when it comes to down the stretch, because I think oh, he puts no. all of his eggs in one basket way too yeah. early on. And, uh, and that's kind of where I feel like John, the Grizzlies are just going to put it to the T-Wolves. Yeah. And, and Desmond Bain has been there. He's been consistent. He's, he's been, been awesome. tried and true. He's averaging um, like what over 20 points a game right now. Easily. I think he's over 25 points a game. He just yeah. put up 34 in game four, um, came up a little bit short. But they've been coming out slow. Um, they've been going into that even in game three, they had to come back from over at least over 24 points twice, two separate times. They had to bring it back and go for runs, which they did. But you can't rely on that. They need to be more consistent and stop going through offensive lulls. Um, the defense if effort has been there, um, they're a young team though. So they, they need to start to put it together on the offensive end more efficiently and limit the turnovers. Uh, but for the rest, rest of the West, uh, they're with the warriors and nuggets hats off to the nuggets. You're probably going to get the gentleman's sweep here. Um, for those of you who don't know gentleman's sweep, it's, it's losing a series in five games because, you know, like a gen- you don't want to be rude and, and not let the team win one game. No, that was the Nuggets fighting. Yes, the Nuggets fought. They got their win. They they fought. They fought on hard. The, on the, I mean, yes, they're they're it, not going to win. Just game that five. they like cruise to victory or like they. I, I mean, the Warriors were fighting their asses. I, I give it to the Warriors. Not a lot of teams when they're up 3-0 play as hard as they did. Yes, the Nuggets were up early in the second half. The Warriors fought back to a tie game, even took a three-point lead at one point with about two minutes left. Um, and Jokic was just doing his thing. He found the right open guys, like his assist to, to Will Barton to lock it up late in the game. Uh, had a nice little floater. Monte Morris had a floater in the lane. Um, everybody was just doing their thing down the stretch, and that's what the Nuggets have been lacking. It's not that they haven't been in, like, close games. Like, they have been close to the Warriors, but they haven't been able to lock it up. Like some of the games that you're seeing, like you, you see like 15 point losses by, uh, uh, by the Nuggets wins by the Warriors. 
Um, but that doesn't really speak the whole story. I mean, these are close games down the stretch. They are games late in the fourth quarter. Um, it's just the Nuggets haven't been able to defensively lock in and uh, put up the right shots offensively. And uh, and Jokic really inserted, inserted himself into that situation. I, I think what the Nuggets had done was they tried to get a little bit too fast at the end because it, there's a lot of pressure in it. But at the end of the day, you need the smart shots. And the only guy in the court who's going to make those smart shots is the MVP, Nikola Jokic. And, uh, and that's what they were able to do in this last game. Every offensive possession went through him if it wasn't in transition. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love the look of it. I, I do think a lot of it was on adrenaline. A lot of, a lot of it was uh, the Nuggets not wanting to get swept. And I, I think that shows a lot of pride in the team and yeah. uh, and a lot of fight. And so I just hope that they find reasons to keep that going. I was thinking today if Jamal or MPJ could just either be back for for game five or say, hey, game six is my target. If we make it to game six, I'm there. I think that will give the Nuggets enough fight to get oh, there. Oh, no, no, no. You're if not making six, it. You're not making it. If game six happens, six. if game six happens, it's anybody's fight. Oh, my god. That gosh. is a fact. The, I like hope is the death. That is a oh, fact. I, what I was getting at earlier in the, in the pot, hope is the death of a sports fan. It, it really is. I don't care. You build yourself hope and you get your heart ripped out. I've seen That's what my I favorite the team Bulls. come back from 3-0. I've seen the Nuggets come back That's from in the MLB. twice That's, in one year. That is the MLB that is completely different. There don't, hasn't, don't let us win game five. That's there hasn't been a don't team ever in the five. NBA to come back from a 3-0. Right, right and there wasn't the before season. the Red Sox in the uh, in the Yes, ALCS but it's, it's, once, it's once in a lifetime. It's, one, it's once right. – if you think you're going to be that team after watching these games against the Warriors – that Steph and Clay would have to get hurt, or Steph and Jordan Poole. Two of these guys would have to get knocked out for you to win this series. Or Steph, uh, honestly, Steph locked in late in the game, but Steph in the first quarter yesterday just did not look great. Okay. I think he started. You're not winning six. game five. It, he does healthy team, you're not winning game. This Warriors team looks incredible. You're on no, your home honestly, floor. Yeah, I, I am. I, I am being a little bit facetious, but I am always optimistic, and that's just who I am. But at the end of the day, I truly think that the Warriors look better than any team in the West right now with their yeah. fully healthy starting lineup. Draymond is facilitating like Draymond does, uh, yeah. and Steph Clay and Jordan Poole are doing their thing from the arc. And I, I just totally don't agree. Think there's anything to do about that? Like Wiggins I don't think there's any defensive lineup scary. that can stop that. Wiggins yeah. is a fourth. Fourth option is pretty you know, scary. You know what I think is scary? Freaking Kaminga coming in as like the seventh or eighth man. That's no, scary. He, he's like their 11th man. That's, I know. That's... He's hardly played. I just yes. think it's so bizarre because this is like a top 10 pick and uh, actually higher. Wasn't he like top six or top five? I don't know. Yeah, um, top five pick maybe yeah. Some, somewhere around there. And he's been awesome defensively. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to he figure out a lot incredible. of things, but the trust that they have in him is pretty – it says a lot. Yes, I definitely agree. And other news in the West while we're staying there, Jazz Mavericks, Luka's back. This could be an all-time series. The Jazz hold serve. They tied the series at two at home. I don't think Donovan could keep keep this up with what, what he's doing on the court. He, He's been so inefficient. Uh, the real reason they won this game was Jordan Clarkson putting up 25 off the bench. I love Jordan Clarkson. 
Um, but I don't I, get the Donnie thing. I, I don't. He's just he scores a lot. I love I love Donovan, but over time, like when you're putting up 23 points on like 23 shots, um, I, I don't know the exact number of shots he has. I'll I'll look that up just to back myself up. But he has not been efficient at all. He scored 30 in game two of this series on on 30 shots. You can't do that in the playoffs and and get away with it. Uh, right. And not to admit, like Conley has not been there at all. You can't rely on Gobert on offense at all. So really it has been just Donovan Mitchell on his shoulders. And that's a lot to put on a, on a guy, especially with Dallas having Jalen Brunson emerging um, and guys like Bertans and Claver just absolutely putting up, you know, three pointers and just wet, wet, wet. Uh, he put up 23 points on 21 shots, shot seven for 21 from the field in, in this past game. They still won, uh, but in game two, like I said, he went 13 for 30 uh, and scored 34. Now, that's not a terrible field field goal percentage, but that's a lot of shots. Um, and so that that's what I'm saying. They're going to need more from supporting players other than – named Donovan Mitchell because Luca has coming back, I think a little bit of rust to get off the tires. He was still excellent as always and excellent to watch. He moves in slow motion and it's still like guys just can't keep up with him. Yeah. Like Luca yeah. also took 21 shots, but scored 30 points, made 11 of his shots, had 10 rebounds as well. I think this Dallas team is definitely better and is definitely going to win this series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, uh, yeah. Now as yeah. to who they, who they face in the next round, that's a different story. Here. No idea. The Suns versus Pelican series has been Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum for the Pelicans. Since they traded for CJ McCollum, the Pelicans have been one of the better teams in the league. I know they only won 36 games in the regular season, I want to say it was. Uh, but this is not a 36-win 36 team. It's just not. They beat the Clippers and the Spurs in the play-in to get in. This is one of the hotter basketball teams. And the Suns without Devin Booker, I mean, this might be another colossal Chris Paul. It's not fair to Chris Paul. Chris Paul is excellent. You know how I think he's excellent. But he hasn't won a title He's had a lot of heartbreaking losses in the playoffs due to injuries when he was with um, Lob City, whether it was Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan or himself, Chris Paul, getting injured um, and then bowing out in the playoffs earlier than people think they should have. Just a lot of heartbreak, and it looks like it's going to be more heartbreak for them. I don't think it's this series, but them against the Mavericks without Devin Booker, I don't give them a, a chance in hell to take down Luka and Jalen no Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they don't have Booker, but yeah. Um, and moving to the East, I know I talked on the bulls a little bit. I don't want to talk on them any, anywhere else. The bucks, they need Chris Middleton. Just Chris Middleton's going to be out for most of the next series as well. At least half of it. And looks like they're going to face a Celtics team that has shocked the world and is looking like they may sweep the nets here. They're up uh, like 16 right now. I think. They are now up six. The, the Nets have just went on a 6-0 oh. run to start the fourth quarter. I thought I just checked it like two seconds. Third. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the, the big Celtics run. just called timeout. It's a, it's a big run. We'll see how that updates as the episode goes on. It's 90 to 84. If they close out the Nets in four, that would be definitely the biggest shock of the playoffs so far. Um, the Sixers look like they'll wrap up against the Raptors. They're up 3-1 at home um, after going up 3-0. Fred Van Fleet is not playing this game five, starting point guard for the Raptors. The Raptors, they didn't have Scotty Barnes for the first three games. They've just been riddled with injury. And the Heat just look like way too much for the Hawks. They, they're going to close out in five here. Jimmy Butler, this is the deepest team in the NBA. I know we said the Warriors are, are the deep, probably want, could make an argument the Warriors are our deepest team as well. But the Heat, they have guys like Duncan Robinson as their ninth man um, coming in. Uh, they, have, they have just scoring options all over, guys who could just go off. Hero as their sixth man is scary to say the least. They got guys like Gabe Vincent. And the player development for this team, their coach and Eric Spolstra, one of the best in the league. They have Victor Oladipo now giving them good minutes. Caleb Robinson, Dwayne Dedmond. They're, they're a good, they're a solid 10 deep. They, they beat the Hawks in this past game in Atlanta by 24 without Kyle Lowry. Yeah. And, I mean, this, this team doesn't even need Kyle Lowry. I, you know, my pre, my pre postseason um, prediction of the Heat winning the title against the Warriors in the final, I'm very confident in that, in that bet right now. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what, like just the way things are shaking, shaking, shaping up. I am very confident in that right now. And am I like wrong said to be that? Postseason. <laughs> yes. Pre, it's not like preseason. It's just pre postseason. So like yes. a week ago. <laughs> yeah. A week ago. No, no, I, I'm not going to say Preseason, I did. Preseason, yeah, I, I did think the Warriors would come out of the West. I think people were sleeping on them at the start of the season because Clay and Steph coming back, they didn't know how that was going to operate. And I just don't like to pick teams to repeat to come out of. I know it would have been easy to say the Suns or the Bucks, you know, to get to the to the finals again, but it, that's not fun, you know. And I love Jimmy Butler, and I am very biased that i miss him as a chicago bull he's putting up four he's putting up 40 point games right now in the playoffs on like 20 something shots like he is wildly efficient most of his shots are right around the rim he's an absolute menace on defense still at the age of 33 um i love i love them i love bam out of bio i mean this team is the best defensive team in the league maybe second to that of of the Celtics here who they'll probably face in the Eastern conference finals. And that could be a very ugly, ugly game. Um, not game, ugly series with, with how physical it'll be. The Warriors also in the West, great defensive team. Suns are a great defensive team. Defense wins championships. And that's truly the case um, because you see it with the Lakers. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, well, two years ago, they win the title because they had a top five defense in the league. And now they have one of the bottom defenses in the league, even though they still have a great offense. I like defense definitely matters. Um, people love to see the ball go into the net and they love to talk about offensive stats, but defense matters. Yeah. I, uh, I know. Interesting. But I think defense. 
I think defense matters more because it could lead to better offense. I know just saying defense matters is one of the lamest things to ever say, but I think defense matters more in the playoffs than offense does because that'll separate you from another team. Yeah, defense matters a lot. And that's that shouldn't be understated. Um, which is why the Nets traded James Harden for Ben Simmons, who yes. hasn't is played. <laughs> they and... definitely they they're they're throwing guys like Goran Dragic at Jason Tatum and he's just shooting right over them. Like it's it's not fair. Like it, it is fair. Like Ben Simmons was supposed to come back for this game four, and then he bowed out. He said, not coming back, or the team was like, we're not going to win this series, so why bring him back and risk all the media and attention and stuff like that? You bring him back because this that gives you a shot in this series. You don't have a shot without, without him to guard the likes of, of Tatum on, and when they're switching, or he can switch on to Jalen Brown. He can switch on to an Al Horford and not be bodied. Like, they're lost without him. They're, they're yeah. lost on defense. Kyrie is not a great defender. Um, relying on the likes of Bruce Brown and an aging Kevin Durant, who Durant has had to expend a lot of energy on offense. They're playing physical with, with them like they should. Like they're bumping them on every cut, and they should. Um, Celtics are playing excellent defense. Robert Williams is back. Yeah, this next team, even if they do win game four at home here and they make a comeback, they're, I, I don't give them another game. They're, honestly, the teams that were down 3 nothing, the team that I would give the most faith to would be the Nuggets just because they Ew. have the MV, MVP on their team. Right, the GOAT. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Even, um, even if Ben were to come back, which I don't think he will, because he doesn't really care about his team. Uh, I yeah. don't give them any chance to win two games in the series, let no. alone one. I don't really give them a chance to win today, but yeah, I, if I they were to win. This team is in shambles. They need to regroup for next season, get it together. Steve Nash needs to get this team on the right foot. Yeah, I mean, that that's the course of the NBA right now. I love the way the Heat and the Celtics are playing um, in the East. The Bucks. I would be those top three in the East. I love the way they're playing as well. I still don't believe in the Sixers at at all, really. James Harden, until he proves if they if they make it a series against the Heat, I'll be shocked. I think the Heat will win that series in five games. Um, But yeah. Uh, And then in the West, the Warriors look like the cream, cream of the crop. Grizzlies are a young team. They'll be there again, but they're struggling right now. Suns without Devin Booker now. I mean, really, to me, it's it's come down to, to three teams that really have a title shot in, in my eyes. Um, maybe Luka can get the Mavericks to, to you know, making some, some sort of noise in the West. But it's Celtics, Heat, and Warriors right now, to me, look like the cream of the crop. Uh, the way they're playing basketball right now. Um, but that does it for, for NBA talk. Well, I'll hit on the NFL real quick, Beal. Um, if you weren't aware, the draft is starting this Thursday. Uh, the Giants have the fifth and seventh picks in the first round. It's been a lot of buzz with trading out, but there's not a big quarterback market. So I don't, I don't know if we move out. 
Bill, who, who do you want us to take um, in this series? I mean, in this draft. Um, like, not even just, like, I, you probably don't know a bunch of the prospects' names, um, but, like, give me, like, positionally-wise. I think we're, we'd be on the same page here. Um, as long as we get this one position out of those two picks, if we draft one position, I will be very happy. What position do you think I'm thinking about? Well, I think you want an offensive lineman. Yes, I do. And I very much do. You probably want yeah, – I don't know. With the other pick, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I really want Sauce Gardner. Uh Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. That's an awesome name, but names don't always work out for the Giants. No, he is a cornerback that went to Cincinnati. He, in his whole college career, I don't, he he didn't give up a touchdown. And he played against the likes of Bama in, he played some good teams. He's played against Notre Dame. Um, But that is the best corner in this draft. Second being Derek Singley. But if we get him or we get, like the likes of Kavon Thibodeau, if he falls to us, uh, defensive end. I think yeah. we take one defensive star, um, but Ahmad Sauce Gardner, if he falls to us, at five, I think we take him. And then we have our pick of offensive lineman at seven between Evan Neal. I, I don't the, – the guy from NC State and then Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I think if we come away with – one of those guys and a defensive lineman or, or sauce gardener, I I'd be very happy. Yeah. And I'd be hopeful. Yeah. I think we need more star players other than the likes of Saquon Barkley. Um, Cause that's our number one highest selling Jersey. I think the giants need some more star power throughout their, their team. Like Leonard Williams uh, is good, yeah. but he's not a star. No, no. Yep. No, but we don't that, need any more stars. We have enough. Danny Dimes. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Sterling. Yeah. No, we suck. Yeah. No, we don't just need star power. We need like a lot of star power, like plenty of it. The the Mario kind of star power. That's what we need to win football games. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, yeah, I, I, I think but, there's a lot of work to be done in the draft. Um, we will see in the new regime. Yeah, the if first able round to get is done. just the start of it. Um, there's rumors now that Tony, we're trying to t- trade our first round pick from last year. Why out Kadarius Tony? Cause he didn't show up for some of the volunteer workouts. I don't know. It's a of course mess. He didn't. I Hopefully loved him for like a couple weeks when he was yes. putting up like a hundred. Yeah, I mean, he's electric like, when he's on the feet, when he's not in. But he just doesn't care. Shows up. I mean, the best of it, ability is availability. You say that. I say that all the time in every league. If you can stay on the field or on the court um, and produce, that that's the best thing. Your ability like, is a stat. Yes, it is. It should. It definitely should be. Uh, but that I just wanted to talk on the NFL draft because it's coming and mock drafts are fun to do. Doing the doing like acting as the GM and pro football focuses mock draft simulators, a lot of fun. And I've spent a little bit of time doing that. I'm not going to lie about that, but let's get to the MLB. Let's get to the, what this all about. Ooh. The Yankees have been yanking the cover off the ball. Now this, the title of this podcast is yank your socks off. 
um, just because the Yankees and Red Sox always tussling with each other. But the Yankees, you know, they played they played some not so good teams lately, Tigers. But the weekend series, they played a a Guardians team who we talked about with a loaded lineup and has been a surprise. A, a, a young young team around Jose Ramirez has been a good surprise. But the Yankees put up 10 runs on Sunday. Garrett Cole finally has a scoreless outing, a good outing, uh, finally a quality outing on Sunday. A lot of good things to take away from this Yankees series. A walk-off win on Saturday with Glaber Torres pinch hitting. Isaiah Kiner-Falafel looks like the clutchest player ever right now. Not ever. I, I, this is the regular season and we're 16 games in. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm talking to myself here, but let's not get ahead of myself. He's been great, though. Uh, after a, a little bit of a slow start, the weather is going to start to warm up and the Bombers will be the Bombers. I know I was a little bit down on us after losing that Orioles series, but now we're playing the Orioles again in a home series now. If we we should not lose a game to this Orioles Orioles team. If we lose another series to this Orioles team, Beal, if we lose this series, this upcoming series right now to the Orioles, this three-game set, the bet is still on. You can pick a new team for me to root for okay. for, the, for the rest of the year. I know we're going to put that back on. I, I don't know why I'm doing this myself, but I'm doing this myself. I do not want to root root for this team if they lose another series to the Orioles right now after just playing them a couple weeks ago and the way we look this weekend. We will win this series against the Orioles or I will root for another team of your choosing not named the Boston Red Sox for the rest of the year. Deal? Sounds had, good to me. If you've been listening to this podcast, we had this bet earlier in the season. If Gary Sanchez was the starting opening day catcher for the Yankees, Beal would have gotten to choose a new team for me to root for for this year. The Yankees held true, held the form, and traded away Gary Sanchez, who is now hurt for the Twins. We don't root for injuries, but, I mean, he hasn't been great at the start of this year for the Twins either. He is what he is. Gary Sanchez can't hit anything but a fastball right down the middle, um, and he can't field worth a lick. But enough Gary Sanchez talk. That's over with. I passed that threshold. This is another test. I'm putting this on the Yankees. I really actually, this is me being a bad fan. I don't want to, you know, I'm still going to root for them, obviously, but my number one team for this year. So I limit the amount of heartbreak I go through this year will be a new team. If the Yankees lose this series, does that make sense? Bill? That's fair. That's fair. But let's, uh, let's touch on your Red Sox. If I was a Red Sox fan right now, I'd be looking for a, a way out. Yeah, so, you know, the Red Sox are the Red Sox. April's not a great month. Um, I mean, and, you are, you've gone from a series with the Blue Jays, three-game set. You lose that series two out of three. You lose two out of three against the Rays, and now you got the Blue Jays again for a four-game series. Right. It's a Lots tough of- the, the two stretch. out of three losses hurt a lot just because both of those series, we easily could have won two out of three. And that's usually how three-game series go. But when it stacks up like that, it just hurts me to the core. We lost the three-game series, tied a four-game series, lost the uh, – no, one 
a three game series lost and lost. And so now we're at a point where we have only won one series. We split our other four game series. And now we're up against the blue Jays for another four game series. And that doesn't feel very good. Um, Currently the Red Sox are down six to two. That also doesn't feel good. Um, The starting pitching has been mediocre at best. Uh, Michael Waka has been incredible. Um, Yavaldi has been good. Hauk has been good. The rest, Rich Hill and um, Nick Pavetta have been absolutely awful. Uh, I'm just seeing that Devers just tagged out at second in the bottom of the uh, top of the night, so that sucks. Um, but yeah, so Waka and Rich Hill have been uh, pretty bad, and that's not really. Uh, Voted well for the Red Sox. Uh, our bullpen has been one of the best in the league. So you can explain to me how that works, given that our starting pitching doesn't make it late in games, but our uh, bullpen is magically incredible. I don't know. I read a stat today that between Whitlock, uh, Hanzo Robles, Jake Diekman, Matt Strom, and I think Phillips Valdez, between all of them, they're combined for like two earned runs in the last 34 innings, um, which is incredible. Matt Strom just had an outing today. And yeah, it, yeah, uh, he one out, two hits, yeah, two runs. I, I so know, I know. Uh, yeah, so it, that is no longer existing. But just uh, seeing seeing what Whitlock's been able to do is just freaking awesome. Uh, yes. He started a game the other day. He was absolutely lights out. Gave him no run production. Uh, we were no hit through nine innings, got our first hit in the 10th inning, put up two runs in the 10th, and then we gave up three runs to the Rays in the bottom of the 10th. Like, it's just – it's not fun. It, it, every Red Sox fan out there knows this. It's not been a good time. Um, am I worried? No, I'm not worried. Am I stressing? Absolutely. These aren't fun games to watch. I felt like I'd get to the point where I wasn't having fun watching games, maybe in July, like those dog days, like they, they drag out, but not in freaking April. And I'm not really that excited for baseball right now because I feel like we're going to find a way to lose or find a way to not score for seven innings and then try to put up some runs just because it's close and we don't have a run yet. And like, then maybe give us hope. Um, there's one night that I think we were down three Oh in the ninth inning and we put up two runs in the ninth and it was just a too little too late type of thing. And that just explains our season so far. We've been close. Um, we're not getting pounded in these games, but it's it's not good. We're not winning the close games, and that's not how you become a playoff team. The playoff teams, the good teams, the World Series teams, they win the close games. They win the one-run games, and we're not doing that right now, and it is brutal to watch. Um, so, yeah, not having fun with that, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. The offense has just looked awful. Yeah, it just hasn't um, appeared yet. It still is cold, and you're, you're – the Rays have have a great pitching staff. Blue Jays have arguably even a better pitching staff with the likes of Berrios and Ryu and Gosman. Um, that that's a team that is definitely. We've said this. We've come to the conclusion their lineup, their starting pitching, it's the best in the division, and that says a lot because the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox are are loaded on paper as well. Um, yeah. But it's a tough. Tough matchups you've had here at the start of this series. Yeah, it's you, not been but, an easy go. 
opening these are the day series against you the have... Yankees in yes. the Bronx, not fun. And then having two series against the Blue Jays, also not fun. A series against the Rays, not the best. The easiest team we've played is the Twins and the Tigers, but I wouldn't really consider those easy teams. Those are 500 ball clubs. Like I know yeah. that people like to trash on the Tigers, but they have a lot of talent there this year. They were 500 ball 3, club last hits. year. Yeah. Mickey's hitting like 350 so far. The excitement this year. around the team is freaking awesome. And the Twins are, I mean, Twins just got the biggest free agent in the class. Uh, it's it's tough to get anything going against those teams. We're not playing a, a bottom feeder yet. I, I wish we had a series against a bottom feeder, a bottom feeder, excuse me, that we could just sweep them and kind of get rolling, but we haven't had that chance yet. We shouldn't need that chance. We should just get rolling against these good teams. But uh, but sometimes I feel like teams need uh, a little bit of a energy boost and kind of just a yeah. jolt to the system and we haven't had that opportunity. Um, that, that's definitely, yeah. it, we've had that opportunity as the Yankees. We went at home against the Red Sox, took two out of three, split against the Blue Jays um, at home as well. We haven't gone to the Blue Jays and seen who's going to be out for COVID. Where We go to the Blue Jays starting um, Monday, May 2nd. We have a, a three-game set um, in Toronto. We'll see who on our team is unvaccinated at that point and who we're going to be missing. Uh, that'll be very unfortunate because I know that definitely hurt you guys um, for your it series. Actually, honestly, it really hasn't. So we played the Blue Jays at home. This is our first game tonight uh, where we're playing in Toronto. I thought there was going to be a lot more players, but it comes down to Tanner Houck and Cutter Crawford. Uh, Cutter's been up and down he's had some really bad outings some really incredible outings uh one good outing lately so i mean i love having him in the bullpen it sucks not having him this series but it is what it is Hauk is a big miss because that's a game that you know we can't have him start but at the end of the day two players on a a roster of 28 right now i guess um it, it doesn't yeah that's not too bad much. it's not the worst thing i've yeah. seen it, it honestly i mean like it could be the difference of a game but like it, i wouldn't even say that it is just because at this point you don't really know what you're getting from cutter um i, I feel like you know what you're getting from how he's been pitching really well his sliders looked incredible he made the mlb account so you know that says something but um but yeah i i, I don't know it, like if we had them pitch a game, then maybe that's the difference. But the way our offenses looked, it's kind of up in the air whether or not it would make a difference anyway. So um, we'll see. Uh, his day would have been, I think, Wednesday. So we'll see what happens that game. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, losing losing one starter is not the worst we could have expected. We don't have anybody on offense out, so that's that's good. <laughs> that is, that's not great yeah. uh, but we'll see when the Yankees go to Toronto who it is there's been rumors about a lot of guys on the team not like yeah there's just been rumors that a handful of our everyday players field players not just pitchers like you guys have um, such as Aaron Judge there's been rumored because he did he didn't make a comment when he was asked the question um, before the season started 
and I'm sure those reports will be coming out. This is non-baseball, on-the-field related, Beal, but have you seen that the Yankees letter is going to be exposed Yeah, now? I was just thinking about that. They yeah. said within seven days last Thursday, so yep. coming um, up it's going to be soon. I, I heard two at two weeks. It's going to come up soon. So this letter, if you haven't seen, is a letter stemming from the 2017 cheating scandal with the Astros back in 2016, 2015. But in 2017, Rob Manfred sent a letter to Brian Cashman, basically detailing any wrongdoings or their investigation into the Yankees. But it also stems from DraftKings tried to sue the league for some million, some amount of millions of dollars for the cheating scandal and saying that affected the outcomes of games, which to me, that sounds like a valid argument. Um, the suit was, did not win though. The suit did not win. Um, the courts have now gone back and said, Oh, this letter exists. We want to see what this letter says. The Yankees said, no, 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 this has to, this is a private matter. The MLB is a private business. Um, but the courts, they want to see it. Uh, the, the Yankees tried to appeal the decision of them releasing the letter. That appeal process has now gone through, and that was denied as well. I am not, not too thrilled. This, If something comes out here saying the Yankees were definitely cheating and in the wrong, it'll, it'll definitely sting a lot as a Yankees fan. It, it'll, yeah, that, it, it, it'll be very painful. It, it'll be, it'll be, yeah, it, it'll just, it'll hurt. You do it, believe the world has a right to know, right? Um, yes, yes. Because but, of the backlash that the Astros have gotten? Yes, like, yes. it's kind of only fair. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the only reason this is a thing is because Rob Manfred is the worst league, league right. commissioner there is. There, this, this letter should have never been a thing. He wrote, a, he wrote a personalized letter. He didn't write one to the Red Sox after their investigation, which is why the well, Red Sox... He did, Sox but it was coming. immediately public. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, wrote, he did. Like, the letter addresses the Red Sox, like the one that everybody read. Like, But I think it just went to the office and it was just made public immediately. I don't know by which side, if that was him or the Red Sox, or if it was always meant to be public, I'm not really sure. But I know when he issued the statement, I remember reading it because it was like, dear Red Sox or dear John Henry and Red Sox or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't hear about that. Maybe that they just released it and it just went to the wayside. But the fact that this is so much of a story um, and that the Yankees letter, they, they're trying to defend, they said um, this is going to lead the, the Yankees president came out and said, this is going to lead to bad things for the Yankees and affect our reputation poorly. So I'm scared for what this is going to come out. I, I hope it's not as bad as they're making it seem out to be. Um, so, but if it shows that Rob Manfred was biased towards the Yankees in any way or something like that, it could lead to bad things for the Yankees, but with the Astros, their GM got fired. Their coach basically got fired because of it. If that happens and that's the only course of action against the team, I'm fine with it. Honestly. 
Like, like <laughs> that might be a good thing for the Yankees. No yeah. Aaron Boone, no Brian Cashman. Like, it might be good. The thing that's frustrating for me about this is, like, the Red Sox statement was immediately issued, and just because there was a statement out there that said the Red Sox were involved in something and they were taking away a pick automatically meant, like, Astros fans being like, see, they did it too, and then everyone else in the league being like, oh, you know, the Red Sox cheated too. But if you really look at the letter, they didn't find the Red Sox to really do anything. They said on, like, several isolated occasions there was a – a uh, media replay guy who changed his own game strategy um, for that specific game based on signs that he was picking up on the video replay, which is illegal for sure. But there was no evidence that that went back to the team even at all. It was just an in-game strategy that he was deploying, but there wasn't necessarily communication between him and Cora. And if there was, it was on a few isolated occasions is how the MLB had worded it. So anybody who read that letter was like, okay, they dug into the Red Sox for six months and this is all they found. I mean, there's definitely things that teams are doing worse than this. And probably most of the teams are doing something that equates to this or is worse because I mean, it was, it it was a slap on the wrist. That's all it really was. And so it's annoying to me because if it, regardless of what the Yankees did, if it was just something small like the Red Sox or not, um, it automatically draws in the people being like, oh, you know, the Yankees would now be lumped into what the Red Sox and Astros did just because there is a public letter out there saying that, you know, the Red Sox are punished for this, this, and this. Um, the video replay guy was uh, – suspended by the league and the Red Sox had to give up their first round pick. And, um, and that was enough for fans to cling on and be like, you know, the Red Sox cheated, but like, if you really read the letter, no, they didn't because what they found was just very insignificant um, compared, especially compared to what the Astros did. Um, But that's, you know, people like to have a storyline and, and that's what it caused. And I, I think it's frustrating for me because even if what the Yankees did was as small as what the Red Sox did, they would also be lumped into that as well. And they didn't receive any of this backlash because Manfred hide the letter. And they said they, they were fine for using a dugout phone and for, for wrongdoing. But if it comes out that this letter says that and shows that Manfred just downplayed what the Yankees did, or this cites like, specific players or stuff it, it's not going to be great no. yeah I, the, the thing that catches me is like they've asked cashman about this multiple times and he always says like this blanket statement is like i believe that the letter shouldn't be public not because we did anything wrong but because the public would have their own opinions about what it says and think of it in certain ways and like i i kind of get that but i also kind of don't because if there's something to interpret in the letter, that means that the Yankees did something bad or that Manfred was condemning them for something they had done, whether legal, illegal, I don't know. Um, But Cashman was worried about the interpretation and that was what he cited for not wanting the letter to be made public. And that's what they cited in the appeal for it not to be made public. But the fact that they're fighting so hard to keep this quiet is like, 
I think that's the telling sign yes, that there's that is, something that's a telltale in there, sign. that there's substance in there besides just scaring, there's like some, besides him or, being scared of a, Or they're just scared to have any fault at all, which is, right. which is definitely understandable as the Yankees franchise. You want to see seem like you're the classiest of them all, but as shown by our fans throwing trash at Guardians right fielder um, at the end of that, that game on Saturday, we lacked a little Poor bit of, 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 yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was an ugly scene. I, I don't condone that as a Yankees fan at all. Uh, that is just very wrong. And uh, we'll see uh, that those two stories back to back, the trash and this letter coming out uh, worries me. It definitely, we'll see. I, I think it's being made up more of a story now than then I think I think it'll blow over in a yeah. year's time. But it depending on we'll see. We'll see. I we'll say more when the letter comes out and we'll we'll tri- we'll go through the whole letter. Uh, um but yeah that that does it that I don't want to end on that note, but I kind of do because that that's what it is. That's what's going on right now. Shohei is an absolute god 12 strikeouts, six scoreless innings had a perfect game going through six, but through too many pitches against the Astros. Um, yeah. That, I just wanted to end my thing on a, on a positive note instead of this net negative note. Bill, you want to take us out? Yeah, it's time. It's time for Tristan Cassis. Come on, baby. Red Sox offense. You got to get going.